0: Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is April 28th. I am Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com and we are back in our humble abodes back home in Wisconsin where it is much chillier and nowhere near as nice as it was in Nashville where we were coming to you from last week on the podcast. If you missed our our episode last week, uh, be sure to Pause this here. Go back and check out uh, our podcast episode live from First Horizon Park in Nashville. Matt, when I came back uh, from Nashville the, the next day, it was like 40 degrees here, and <laughs> when we were, when we were in Nashville, it was like 80. Yeah, it was just miserable, wasn't it? Um, yeah.
1: Uh, And and then having to work the next day and all that, just uh, I I know I should have taken an extra day off because I was not doing great at work the next day, just in terms of motivation, we'll say. Um, But no, the uh, weather didn't help. It got even colder yesterday. So uh, there needs to be some sort of teleport to Nashville or something like that so we can just get away because I plan on going back to there several times. In the future, the ballpark is gorgeous. You mean like an airplane?
0: gorgeous. Faster. Faster than an airplane? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I might need that. My flight was pretty late uh, coming out of there on Sunday night. Um, I landed at Milwaukee Uh, as, like, one of the final flights of the day. So, like, the airport's just completely empty. I landed there at, like, 10 o'clock. And then I had to drive from Milwaukee. So, like, my mom picked me up. And then I had to go back to their place to pick up all the rest of my stuff that I had from over there from... Uh, Before we left on vacation and then immediately drive back out here to Madison. Um, So I didn't get in bed until well after midnight. Um, Yeah, it was it was a tough time, but absolutely would love to go to Nashville again. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So much fun. Um, And I'm not just talking about the ballpark, but (laughs) anyways. Uh, But the ballpark was incredibly fun, and we got to see three Nashville Sounds victories uh, that Mm -hmm. weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, starting with last Friday, Ethan Small Day, which was very exciting for both of us. And Ethan Small, Matt, he was as advertised, you know, just Mm -hmm. keeping things moving, shut out innings, and uh, lowers his ERA to 0.49 on the season.
1: Yeah, he had his uh walks up there a little bit, but was really picking away at the strike zone. His uh breaking balls, off speed pitches were just just perfect. I mean, he had some of those guys just looking silly. Um, so he looked great. Um, we had a five for five night from Bryce Terang as well. Yeah. Two two doubles and three singles or the other way around, I'm trying to remember. Two
0: two doubles, three singles. Okay.
1: Yeah, so that was that was super three RBIs. exciting. Three RBIs as well. Uh, plenty of people had RBIs in that game. Um, yeah. Big John Singleton is in fact big, as is Tyler White. We Shocking. Confirmed that this is they, a
0: massive development. Big John <laughs> Singleton is big. They are monstrous, monstrous dudes.
1: And um, did you want to mention this uh, just boring play we saw from Alex Jackson, the New Brewers
0: catcher? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we should.
1: Um inside the park grand slam something you most certainly don't see every day and certainly Uh, not from a catcher no definitely not from a catcher uh left fielder thought it was a ground rule double because it went into the sounds bullpen maybe it should have been i don't know i'm no umpire um but the actual (laughs) umpires decided uh that it wasn't and alex jackson Motored and I use air quotes uh, for motored around the bases to finish up his uh, inside the park grand slam former Brewers player Wes Helms, uh, who is manager of the Charlotte Knights ends up getting kicked out in place of his left fielder who almost got kicked out for arguing the play. It was just a wild play. And Dave and I look at each other like, all right, uh, this is what we came down here for. (laughs) We got our entertainment.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one. Everyone in that bullpen was diving out of the way. You know, did it hit someone? Eh, potentially, but the umpire standing out by second base could not see that down in the left field corner. He's running all the way out there. The outfielder's got his hands up, and it's like, once you put your hands up, you're supposed to not touch the ball and, like, let the umpire make the call because if you touch it before he gets out there, the ball's alive again. Um, so you're kind of uh, – you're just waiting Um, and because he was just waiting, left field was just standing there doing nothing. Alex Jackson's just like, I'm just going to chug on home. And, uh, sure enough, they rolled it in play. And yeah, I, I really don't blame Wes Helms for losing his mind out there and and getting ejected. I feel bad that he had run all the way from the first base dugout (laughs) out to the left field corner to go get ejected. I mean, that's gotta really, really burn you up inside as a former player. It's like, gotta go all the way out here. Saved my left fielder from getting ejected because that left fielder was close, man. He was upset, mm-hmm. and again, I don't blame him. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun for the Sounds at least um, that that was able to stand and, and go through and extended their lead even further. And uh, we had a couple of blowout wins for the Sounds there Friday and Saturday. Um, so it was uh it was a good time, and yeah. You know Bryce Terang having a good night, Alex Jackson having a good night. I mean, and it was a gorgeous night for baseball, man, mm-hmm. just gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Oh my God, that first night, Friday night, not a not a single cloud in the sky. Um, Saturday, sure a little bit more cloudier, but still warm, still insanely sunny out, like just beautiful, beautiful. The uh, national anthem artist every single game killed it. They're like these two young ladies, both nights that I was there and were just amazing at it. Um, their little party deck was hopping out in right field that whole time. Just elbow to elbow. The, ba- box. the band box. The band box. We either, recorded our podcast times, last week. Yep. One of these times I want to like make my way out there and actually spend a game in that section because that's got to be fun. Um, just, I, I can't say enough about that stadium. Just. Absolutely gorgeous. And I, I will say, too, um, for if we want to name like a player that, you know, fans might not know about who impressed us, um, I, I would go with Abraham Almonte. I did not know that guy was as uh, um, beefy, we'll say, as he was, <laughs> maybe not John Singleton, Tyler White level, um, but he's a big dude. And he put some good swings on some balls. I was I was impressed with him. I didn't know much about him. Um, but I might uh, dig into him a little bit. Um, I know he was a kind of latish pickup for us. I think he was an off-season pickup this year. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he was he impressed me a little bit.
0: Yeah, he did uh, he did a really good job, and um, I think he had a home run during the weekend. And mm-hmm. I was really hitting the ball well. Um, another guy that uh, was impressive that not many fans know about, but I certainly do. I knew it. <laughs> yep is Caleb Bosley, the starter on Saturday night. Uh, The guy the Brewers picked up in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft, the only part of the Rule 5 draft that took place this past year. um, A UWL, UW lacrosse alumni, um, former teammate of mine, good friend. I was able to catch up with him a little bit on Sunday, and that was uh, really good being able to chat with him. Um, And he went out there and he shoved. I mean, he won five Mm -hmm. shutout innings. He pitched extremely well. Uh, got six K's, you know, had just like two walks You know, only a, uh, I think only one or two hits. I mean, he pitched really well pitching against Johnny Cueto, mm-hmm. uh, who is on a assignment there for the Chicago White Sox. They're trying to get him ramped up for their season to help fill out their rotation. So this was Cueto's first start at AAA. So he came out and he threw a couple of innings and uh, gave up some some hard contact, gave up some hits and um sounds ended up winning another big one there but another great start from bosley who's had a a bunch here to get to begin the season so he's someone who could also be an option for the brewers as the season goes along if they need help on that pitching staff um he really uh has has shown up and done an incredible job there
1: yeah absolutely it was uh, it was a lot of fun watching uh, johnny cueto a little bit more up close um he was doing his classic messing with timing kind of uh doing different things with his windup. Um, anytime he was trying to quick pitches, it was not working on the sounds hitters though. They got a couple hard, hard hits off of that. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun to kind of have him down there for that. Um, and real quick, just because I don't want to forget about it. Shout out to uh, Colby Peterson for dropping by the old uh, yes. ballpark and buying your boys uh, a beer and getting to chat some uh, Brewers baseball for a little bit too. So um, that was really cool to, I uh, see one of the listeners and readers of the site drop by and get to hang out for a bit.
0: Oh yeah, it was a it was a great time and you know, it's it's the Corbin Burns uh, young effect. I, I think <laughs> that uh contributed to the beers there. Mm-hmm. Uh now, but yeah, it was it was great to to meet up with Colby and uh, uh get get to chat with him for a bit. It was a, it was a lot of fun, so um we, like we got to do this again going back to Nashville I and mean, we got we got friends yeah. down there. So That's right. Yeah, all three of us can take in a game together. It'll be great. If anyone else uh listening or, or reading is down in uh Nashville, we can just have a have a nice big party down there. Maybe we could maybe, maybe we could uh take up the band box, just kinda have a whole, you know, set up party out there for There you go. For everyone. Yeah. It'll be great. Perfect. Nashville is a party town after all, as
1: we both saw on uh Broadway Street and other parts of oh, yes. Nashville.
0: Oh yes. Did you did you uh have fun hitting up the bars downtown? We did. We were there
1: um, Thursday and Friday night. Saturday, we were at uh, a different part of Nashville, uh, but it was still a little bit of fun. But those were the two nights we went to Broadway, Um, hit up kind of a bunch of different places. Our favorite was definitely Layla's Honky Tonk, um, had live band at the – I mean, everywhere had live bands. Literally everywhere had live bands. It's Nashville, yeah. Uh, Right. But this one was particularly very good the first night we were there um it's kind of like the bar itself looks reminiscent of a divey wisconsin bar um so obviously that is a little near and dear to our hearts but uh um it was just we had a ton of fun there and then you can at some of these places you can actually like go on your phone they got little qr codes and you can request them to play songs and so we did that with a couple and um that was fun to hear and um oh you did that on your phone Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, it it lets you put it in. You can tip the band if you want, which is a cool thing and good for them. Um, And they have, like, a whole list of songs you can pick from, so you pick songs that they actually know, um, which obviously Mm -hmm. helps. Um, Yeah, so we just did it, like, right from the bar, and then a few songs later, a song we requested comes up, and they end up doing this just incredible version of it. I will say my favorite part um, about the live music down there was two places we went – they had fiddles in the band and got oh, requested yeah. devil comes devil went down to georgia oh god and both of them were just just knocked it out of the park just insane wow talented like it's that's y- a tough you, one it, it, absolutely uh but they're both just amazing so um well, yeah, what, was the, just, what was
0: the name of the band i mean if we're hyping them up so much do you remember oh who my they were
1: gosh uh, i sure don't oh,
0: <laughs> oh man somewhere
1: uh no the first one was it was rooster brown was the name of the band i will say that i remember that one i don't think i ever actually looked up the second one um but the first one was rooster brown they were very very good had a male lead singer and a female uh fiddle list fiddler fiddle fiddle player um but she also sang too and had a gorgeous voice like they're just the the band was
0: fantastic oh man so at at the place i went to i was at a famous nashville's which is like right on like broadway they're just kind of like a bit up i think on like second street but pretty much like right there uh, close to the river um i was there saturday night um and this bar and it's like they're like it wasn't a phone it was just like you know hey like she was asking for you know requests or whatever else and you just kind of like shout it out and then there's like oh like that one then they kind of like see if they can do it or or if they can or whatnot um but she was amazing like oh my god just an incredible voice could do so many different things um i requested shania because shania is my (laughs) personal favorite and i feel like a woman right yes it was actually
1: (laughs) yes awesome
0: i just requested shania like like that to just like pick whatever shania song and that's the one she started playing And i'm literally just like yes like let's go (laughs) and so and there's like like two other like full like bachelorette parties like out on the dance floor as well and i'm just like we're all just like getting down oh my god it was it was amazing her name was uh angel edwards um incredible voice and yeah i i stayed till bar close there and i'll tell you what man i owned that dance floor (laughs) all night long man i'm proud of you
1: I'm proud yeah. of it. That's not easy to do when you're down in a city by yourself, obviously. So
0: Oh yeah. Well you get loose. You get ten ten beers in me. Um <laughs> I'll I'll do it. <laughs> and you David get, if is- you like if you give me like if you get drunk enough, like I had a like I wasn't like super drunk, but I was like, you know, solid, like, you know, buzz drunk enough to just kind of like keep it going. Like that's kind of where you're at the good point, just kinda like party. You don't really kind of care like what else is going on you're just singing and dancing along and enjoying the music because like pretty much whatever I requested, they were able to play. Um, and they had a whole bunch of, uh, you know, different songs. I mean, they could go from country to rock music to whatever else. Um, so that was, that was great stuff. I love Nashville. I love the live music down there, seeing the up and coming artists, um, and things like that. And it's just really great to see.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. That's a, like my wife and I talked about it afterwards. Um, like we're, we're good with that being our like just regular vacation place now. Like don't need to book a flight, can drive it. Um, it's warm most times of the year. Um, it's I, I can't say enough. Can't uh, encourage people enough to go to the ballpark because it's gorgeous. Brand, brand new. Um, yeah.
0: Love you, Nashville. Miss Yeah. Ya. You can go to the ballpark for the game a bit earlier in, in the day there, and then uh, when you get to when the game is done, it's like yeah, let's go down, let's just walk a few blocks downtown to, to Broadway to find all the bars, and it's right there. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a great time. It was great being down in Nashville, um, seeing friend of the podcast Jeff Hem, um, mm-hmm. and all the guys down there with the Nashville Sounds that were so great, you know, with the with the hospitality helping us um you know getting us chances to talk with um a couple players bryce terang uh luke barker uh caleb bosley it was it was great to see those guys and luke barker is a big fan of us and a big fan of reviewing the brew uh, and the free luke barker movement that we got going matt
1: yes awesome i i that was the one part about my my regrets about i guess about it uh was get, having to miss out on the player interviews especially Luke Barker um, that is uh, one of the downsides I guess to try and work a vacation into trying to get all of that done considering how early they have to do player interviews and whatnot um, but yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be chugging along in that free Luke Barker train for as long as it takes to get him up to the major leagues um, but he he pitched uh, one of the games we were down there as well and uh, looked damn good when he pitched as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Saturday night came in, pitched nine on the third, and did a did a fantastic job. No runs and uh, just light it lighting it up mm-hmm. as always. So yeah, we got to get him to the to the major leagues. So so then we get to the end of the weekend. It's time to go home. I'm sitting in an airport. I mean, you you were already driving back. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting in airport. I got a late flight. Like the game ended at like five or something. My flight wasn't until like. 8:20 ish. Um, so I had a couple hours to kill. So I'm sitting in the in the airport, and I'm at this uh, restaurant because, you know, I, I hadn't, um, you know, I had plenty of time. I started doing a, an AMA on Twitter. Um, a bunch of people just asking questions, and I'm just like, yeah, I got plenty of time to fill it. And someone asked me what was my go-to Nashville hot chicken place, and I'm just like, hmm. Oh. I, I had to re- regretfully inform them I had not gotten hot chicken on this trip to this point. I I didn't go to one. I I just didn't have the time. And well, I also didn't have a car down there and I didn't feel like Ubering to, uh, that many places. Um, so I didn't have one, but in the airport, there's this, uh, restaurant that did have Nashville hot chicken. Oh, okay. So I'm like, okay, well I got several hours until my flight. I might as well go in here and, uh, order some some Nashville hot chicken and I did and it was delicious and and it was amazing nice. and then I look over behind the bar at the TVs and what do you know there's Sunday night baseball where the brewers <laughs> are and I'm like yeah. oh my god this is amazing like for the first little bit of it I, I wasn't able to watch it because I was uh, eating or just kind of not there and you know then all of a sudden I get a whole bunch of notifications Angel Hernandez sucks I'm like oh no <laughs> what happened here So I just kind of like find a meme because there are plenty of Angel Hernandez memes about him missing calls. And I just kind of put that up. I'm like, this seems appropriate. I'll be honest. I did not see what the call was. I did not see what it was that made everyone so upset. But this tweet got like a thousand likes. (laughs) It just blew up. And I'm just like, what even happened? I don't even know. Um, And I think that was the uh, strikeout on Omar Narvaez uh, that got everyone upset. Yeah. but yeah, then I was able to watch more of the game, and uh, you know, once a spot in the bar opened up, I just kind of sat there until my flight was ready and watched it. And yeah, it was bad uh, mm. from Angel Hernandez like all night long. Yeah, my lord. And then
1: unfortunately, um, you end up having to go on the plane before the game ends.
0: Yeah. And, so okay, so when when it came to like me having to leave for my flight because. Like, I actually got a text from my dad who was, like, tracking the flight that was coming in. He's like, hey, your flight has landed. Like, you know, like, is it at the gate yet? And I'm just like, well, first of all, like, from where my gate is, I cannot see, like, where it is. Like, it is blocked by, like, a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, okay, so my plane is landed. It's so, like, I got to get over there pretty soon. Um, and this was when Eric Lauer was in the middle of the bases loaded jam. Um, and he was, like, just close to getting out of it. He had the two outs. And, like, I just, I had to leave. Before that at bat ended, when he got the strikeout to end the inning, it was like a one-one count or something when I left, and I just missed the the strikeout there and the and the hype to end the inning. I was so mad. Yeah, it, it Eric Lauer. will get to him. Like it just holy crap. Like the
1: the game he yeah. had was just outrageous. But Angel Hernandez did not get better from there. <laughs> he continued <laughs> being Does terrible. He ever. Um, and while David is on the plane, um, the final strikeout of the game happens with Josh uh. Hader on the mound and uh, Kyle Schwarber, old NL Central foe at the plate. And the ball ends up being outside and he lost it. Oh, yep. my Lord, did he lose it? I lo- like not only like did we get some amazing and I feel bad for it. Sure, I'm sure we all do. Um, but not only did we get some amazing social media content out of his blow up, but Josh Hayner's reaction to it was <laughs> fantastic. He, he got the like awkward looking like iPhone emoji with the teeth showing. I've seen as comparing him to the uh, uh, pitching ninja did the thug life. <laughs> Gift <laughs> with the glasses coming down in front of Josh Hader, away. Oh my God, oh, it man. just it was fantastic. But good God, and that wasn't even the worst one. If you,
0: I mean, if no. you feel like going, that through, was just looking the final up, straw.
1: Right. Um. There was the worst
0: one was Gene Segura. That was exactly the one. Yeah, it was like one. a curveball or something that came in, and it was way inside, like where across there, and Angel yep. Hernandez was like strike. It was it's a like, half a
1: foot off the zone. Half a
0: foot. It was. It was literally six inches inside.
1: Yeah, like that's that. And then to find out what we find out about how MLB graded it today.
0: Oh my God.
1: They said he had ninety six. He's got a game he score was, of ninety six or whatever
0: for yeah, his performance Yeah, ninety six percent. About a five hundred. Like,
1: <laughs> come on. You are we missing a
0: decimal point here? Are we sure it's not nine point six percent?
1: Blake, I get that uh, the like the little white box on the screen isn't like a hundred percent perfect. I mean the the strike zones are, you know, it, you're it is something you're eyeing up. It's all the the white box on the screen is really just slightly more reliable than the first down marker in football games. But yeah. obviously, if every single player is complaining about the zone. For both teams, it's not just a perception thing. Like, that yeah. was a bad zone. So I don't know how on earth you rate that a 96.
0: Yeah, because, like, I mean, even with all the other games, you had that same white box, mm-hmm. and you have all these same umpires who are probably getting 96 grades from MLB, and they're putting up nowhere near as bad of games uh, from from those boxes. Like, is MLB giving everyone else 120s? Right. Like... Like, how how are we grading this here if he's able to get a 96% for that game? I mean, everything was bad. The players knew it. Like, the, the pitchers knew it. The hitters knew it. The pitchers just simply weren't complaining about it because why would they? It's working out mm-hmm. well for them. Um, and really, if the Brewers had lost, we'd be complaining a whole lot more about that but since the Brewers yep. won. It's just like, yeah, well, you know, it, it was a horrible game, but whatever. But, I mean, for Schwarber, like, when you're like, okay, we're about to lose, like, That was enough, and that was an all-time blow-up. And he said everything everyone else was thinking. The the Brewers were thinking it, the Phillies were thinking it, the fans were thinking it, everyone watching that game. It's like, you've been missing out here, you've been missing in here, you've been missing up here, down there, both sides, everyone. This is awful. And he was right. He was right to be upset, and I don't blame him one bit. Um, And and his blow-up really... Um, I think it was I think it was great. Yeah. No, someone needed to say it. I, I think
1: it is
0: <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't happen
1: earlier. Right. I I think it's good on MLB, I guess, that they didn't suspend Heil Schwarber yeah. for his blow up, but at the same time, now that we know that he was somehow graded a ninety six, like You're saying that, oh, he was justified in blowing up and and having comments after the game. They were relatively mild, but he was justified in doing that. But also we think he receives a very, very high grade. Angel Hernandez does for his work in the game. Like how how do you reconcile both of those thoughts like that? Just those don't go together. Those do you can't come to both of those conclusions? It's Rob Manfred.
0: It doesn't have to make sense. (sighs) Like, I mean, this is the same guy that wants games to speed up, but yet also is trying to deaden the baseball so that there's less offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. But but we also (laughs) want to grow the game. You know, we want to grow the game. We want more offense, but we want less offense, and we want the game time to shorten. Mm -hmm. Like, what? It it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't, and it makes you feel even more helpless.
1: Helpless, really, when it comes to if anything will be done about bad umpires like Angel Hernandez, which we already know won't happen. But, you know, I I think a lot of us have tried to use the fact that, like, oh, the umpires are protected by a union, so nothing will happen. There's nothing MLB can do about it um, as, like, justification as to why anything won't happen. But, well, now we see that he's rated a 96 for this game. Apparently MLB thinks they're doing just fine based off of that. And that's even more yeah. frustrating. Now we definitely know nothing's ever going to happen to any
0: of these umpires, or they're just yeah. waiting
1: it out till the robot umps show up. I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe, but still, it's uh, it's ridiculous. And you know, perhaps the expanded strike zone for Angel Hernandez uh, helped out Eric Lauer's stats because now now we, we got to talk about Eric Lauer here. Yeah, let's uh, he get happy went now. he went six shutout innings, um, or was it seven? I don't know. I was up in the plane.
1: Uh hold on I'm pulling it up. I can't remember either. I, I feel like he came back out for uh for the seventh an extra one that I didn't expect.
0: I'm almost there. It was, I was on six. six. Six shutout innings, thirteen strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Like th- I mean this was like a coming out party for Eric Lauer. This was on Sunday night baseball. A national audience got uh introduced. To Eric Lauer, who for a short time there was the best Brewers starter since like June 27th or something of last year, you know, going, going all the way back to that. He even had a better ERA than Burns, who won the Cy Young. You know, granted, Burns was electric in April and May last year, so, you know, it's kind of part of that. But um, and then Burns also went like seven shutout in his next start to push himself back to the best starter uh designation, which, you know, is to be expected, but of course, uh, still Eric Lauer has been phenomenal. Um, I mean, he's right there with Corbin Burns since June of last year. And, you know, this just seems like more of a coming out party, he got more of the strikeouts. Uh, again, you can perhaps thank Angel Hernandez for a couple of those, but I mean, it's time we start talking more about Eric Lauer as more than just a, the fifth option, uh, Mm -hmm. in this rotation. I mean, he has been electric. Um, and I know we got started the, uh, the Freddie Peralta Cy Young hype train by a couple of writers. Is it time, Matt, for the Eric (laughs) Lauer Cy Young hype train?
1: Uh, no, I'm not not jumping to that conclusion quite yet. Um,
0: what about in 2025? I have a knack for predicting these things three years into the future.
1: Maybe, I mean, he's 26 now. He'd be 29 by then, 30 later in the season. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's he's really hitting his groove by then. Yes. Okay, 2025, Eric Lauer, let's do it.
0: Um, yeah.
1: We just, we'll just no, have a rotation
0: of, of Brewers and, and yeah, Cyums. exactly.
1: We always got to have someone in the works. Yeah, I mean, at we can some do Freddie or,
0: or Woody this year, then maybe Burns again next year, then yeah. maybe we can throw Lauer in there, and then...
1: Like Ashby, Small, yeah, Ashby, those there. guys. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. There should always it's the Brewers. Maybe a There's second one for Woody and Burns
0: or or yeah, Woody exactly. or Peralta if they're
1: still on the team by
0: then. Yeah. Anyway. Okay,
1: that that that's a <clears throat> sorry guys, but no, I, I mean, it's amazing what Lauer's been doing. It's amazing how he has kind of, um, worked himself into the type of pitcher that he is, brought on really young as a starter. <clears throat> sorry about that. Um. Brought on really young as a starter by the Padres, um, kind of was average for a little bit, obviously was like average to below average when he started with the Brewers. But he started, I mean, he was like 22 when the Padres threw him into the fire uh, to start his MLB career. So like he's really hitting his prime right now. And of course, surprise, surprise, he's kind of blossoming as it is. The the Brewers have worked with them kind of Uh, with his delivery, with the way he throws, I know his changeup was a big one a couple of years ago that they were trying to get him to really master. Now he has, now he lets that bitch zoom too with his, with another pitch. Um, he's, he has really come out to be impressive and it's almost to the point now where it's hard to, outside of Burns and Woodruff being your one and two, it's hard to say Any of the other pitchers are X starter, your third, your third guy, your fourth guy, your fifth guy, because they're all so good. Like Uh. Freddie hasn't looked good this year, but we know he's got it in him. He's she showed flashes towards the end of his third outing. So I'm really looking forward to see what he's going to do starting in about 15 minutes here, actually, Um, in today's game against the Pirates. And it's the Pirates. So hopefully that can like officially help him get back on track. Um, Hauser has looked solid this year outside of his first outing. Really? Um, this is an, a rotation of dudes and, and, and really let's say at Ashby last night, Ashby looked amazing last night against one hit. Exactly. And And that that was just a
0: ground ball to third base that Brasso missed because, uh, he was up too right too close. And Jason Lane was telling him, get back a few steps. And if he had, he probably would have been able to get that. And then, Mm -hmm things might have happened. So it's another one hitter in Pittsburgh, and there's just something about frickin' Pittsburgh and just (laughs) missing no hitters. If y'all remember CC Sabathia Mm -hmm. in 2008, that one we can blame on the official score. This one... is an error. Yeah. This one, we kind of can. I mean, that one was pretty much a a base hit based on the positioning. But still, like, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. uh, Damn you
1: and your beautiful ballpark but shitty scoring system and team and team well i I like their shitty team because it helps us win games but that's besides the point yeah um but anyway yeah i mean you just it's it's amazing and we knew this coming into the year that the brewers were going to be built around starting pitching so it's not a surprise but it's still just incredible what the brewers are able to do And how interchangeable the pieces are in that rotation. Like you really could put so many guys in so many different spots and you're not suffering by having a guy in the third spot when he's actually a number five starter starter or five spot where he should be up higher. Like any team that comes to play the Brewers has to be like, oh, my God, who are we getting today? Because it is not going to be a fun time for you at the plate, no matter who is
0: pitching for the Brewers. It's it's like the murderer's row of a rotation. Yeah. Like, like there is no weak spot. Like you got all dynamite guys uh in that rotation coming up each day. Like there there's no weak moments like oh sweet, we got their number five starter today. Like this is gonna be a cakewalk. Mm-mm. No, the number five starter is Eric Lauer, who has better ERA over the past nine months than Corbin Burns. Or mm-hmm. he did uh for a short time. He's still right there. But like there there's no really kind of weak spots. Um and and that's something that We've never really been able to say about a Brewer's starting rotation. I don't don't even know if we've ever been able to say it about a Brewer's lineup Um, either. I mean, like you see that with uh, like the Dodgers lineup or all these, you know, super high powered lineup. Oh, there's no weak spot in it. There's no weak spot in this Brewer's rotation. I mean, these guys are are all studs. I mean, Mm -hmm. we like murderers row for a rotation is too long of a nickname. Like rotation murderers row, murderers Row, like I feel like that's that's too much, but hmm. like like something like that. There needs to be like a nickname for them. I'm not sure what it yeah. should be yet. But okay. We need to
1: brainstorm this for a while. Yeah. And come up with something super solid
0: and then trademark it, damn it. We we need it I know who we who we need to call. We need, to, we call need to call pitching ninja. Yes. He is the best at coming up with the nicknames.
1: Yep. Okay. Let's reach out.
0: All right, we will. Right, we're we're coming for you, Ninja. Ho- hopefully we'll have a nickname for them by next week's pod. We'll see. Um, but yeah, this rotation is absolutely insane. So you got Eric Lauer um, going on Sunday night baseball there, and then on Monday you got a one game series at home against the San Francisco Giants, um, who the Brewers were supposed to play um, early in the season, but it got canceled because of Rob Manfred's lockout. We will never forget, Rob. We will never mm-hmm. forget. Don't. So we had that one-game series and uh, against the Giants. Corbin Burns started, and Corbin Burns was electric once again. Mm-hmm. Um, and there goes the holes, like, oh, he's doing good, but he's facing the Orioles and he's facing the Pirates and all these bad teams. Blech. Well, now he faced a good team in the Giants, and he dominated them as well. The unfortunate thing is that the Giants' bullpen also dominated the Brewers' lineup, and the Brewers were unable to put much together offensively. He leaves with a 1-0 lead, but then the bullpen comes in, and it's uh, Trevor Gott here in the 8th inning. Corbin Burns couldn't quite finish seven, uh, but Gott gets the final out of the 7th, and then comes back out there for the 8th. And then Jock Peterson comes up to bat, and a couple of Brewers fans have the bright idea of very loudly and very angrily heck- heckling Jock Peterson forcing Jack Peterson to even kind of step out and, you know, just kind of deal with their with their heckling, kind of clear his head for a moment. They, they got him out of the box, and that just kind of emboldened them even more, and they were talking more and more shit. And then Jack Peterson hits one off the scoreboard, mm-hmm. and, well, Matt, the predictable thing happens after that, let's just say.
1: Yeah, uh, Jock Peterson comes across the plate and looks right at those fans. And yeah, how to how. Uh, Eat shit, fucking pussies. Yeah, OK, good. I didn't know how explicit <laughs> we wanted to go, but that is exactly what he said. I'll have um, to mark the episode and,
0: explicit now. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Um But and they deserved it. Like, let's be honest, if you're going to do that. Against the guy leading the league in home runs at the time,
0: yeah. Guys, important detail.
1: Um, he, of course, like he has every freaking right to do that, and I definitely saw on social media more people pissed off at the heckling Brewers fans than they were at Jock Peterson because he yeah. didn't do anything to instigate that. He's he's removed from his days with the Cubs. Uh, he's the, his one his one half, like not even full half season, a season with the Cubs. Like, so it's, we, it's not like we should even really hold it against him for that. Um, yes, he hit the home run against us in the playoffs, but people hit home runs against people. It's what they're paid, literally what they're paid to do. Um, mm. So, like, he didn't do anything to draw the fans ire. Now, from what I've heard, those fans were just generally being that way during the whole game. Um, and being that it was a big spot, that's probably why it got a little bit louder at that point. But I mean it, it just you know, all of you know that if you were in the roles were switched, a brewer's player is at the plate and he's getting heckled for no reason for having done, you know, nothing, you know, instigating prior <laughs> to Ryan that. Braun. Right, exactly. And Ryan Braun hits a home run, comes across the plate and yells something you are 100% going to say, damn right, damn right you should have done that. I would have done it, you would have done it, you all know it. And so yeah. for Peterson to do that, you cannot hold that against him. He had every right to do it. I, yeah. I got I got no ill will towards him. I, I'd, I'd rather not see him hit home runs against us anymore, but I'm not going to hold it against him that he lets some emotion get out. It's an emotional game.
0: Yeah. If you're going to dish it out, you got to be willing to take it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to dish it out heckling like that, you got to understand that he may heckle you back, and he heckles you back by hitting a bomb against your team and then uh, coming across the plate and yelling, yelling at you. I mean, it's just, it's how it's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely understand joxling there, and, um, yeah, I, I don't hold it against him for that. Um, you know, everyone might be like, oh, you know, it would be nicer if you just kind of, you know, let it go by and whatever else. But, like, imagine if you were at your job, and you got some random guys, your your coworkers or whoever else, just coming in, heckling you, yelling at you about how much you suck or not going to do whatever, you're going to do this horrible thing, and then you absolutely nail it, like you nail a presentation or you or a sale or whatever the hell it is that you do. Like, are you going to be like, yeah, suck it, like like are you are you going to talk back and be like, yeah, I told you so, mm-hmm. or are you just going to sit there and just let it happen? Like, I've done it several times at work. Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh, man, so it's yeah, it's just, you know, if you're going to do that, you got to understand what may happen. You know, Mm -hmm. Cardinals fans had didn't had done it to Ryan Braun for years. Cubs fans had done it to Ryan Braun for years. Um, And each time Ryan Braun thrived off the hate, thrived, thrived off the booze. And um, it just made him more angry. Um, But he kept on thriving off it. And Jack Peterson is another one of those guys that thrives off the booze. He thrives off the the hatred um, and the heckling. And so you do that more to him. That's what's going to happen. You know, yeah. he, he's he's one of those personalities. So you, you got to kind of know who you're who you're dealing with there. Um, but yeah, and it ended up being a loss for the Brewers because the offense couldn't quite do enough. So I mean, that that home run made it a two to, two to one lead. Then Willie Adamas comes in, hits a game tying home run, and then Jake Cousins comes in in the top of the ninth and gives up another two run homer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Brewers go down quietly in the ninth, and it's a one-game series-slash-homestand loss. Um, and then back on the road, uh, heading out to Pittsburgh. But, um, so as horrible as that was, that was a sign of uh, big things coming for Willie Adamas, who has really been starting to heat up here. And this always has a knack for hitting in that clutch moment. I mean, hitting that home run in the eighth inning, that was massive Mm-hmm. Uh, for turning the tide there and really kind of, you know, getting things back in the Brewers', Brewers direction. And he's continued it further in uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. The
1: next day, he ends up hitting another couple home runs as well as either an RBI double, a double, single.
0: It was a yeah. double.
1: Uh, a double seven, and
0: a single, triple shy of the cycle.
1: Yeah. Seven RBIs in that game, uh, most for a shortstop, Brewers' shortstop since Jose Hernandez.
0: Oh my uh, god. They had said,
1: and most what by a throwback. Brewers, yeah. And most by Brewers players since I think it was Yelich in twenty nineteen, correct?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So um yeah, and even last night, I think he finished it was either one for four or 0 oh for four. Um, one for but four. his one for four. But his very first one that he got a hold of, which ended up being an out, was struck very well um in Previous years without the deadened ball, or possibly later in the year with it not being so cold, that ball goes out and he has a fourth home run uh, over the course of three games, uh, but just didn't quite get it. So you can tell he's, you know, he's in a little bit of a groove right now and feeling it. And like Andrew McCutcheon was even saying after that game, because he ends up getting a late hit in the game that Adamas had his two home runs, he says, McCutcheon says he's coming to the plate. And he goes, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here 0 for 3. You know, and Adamus is going off. I should be joining the party. And sure enough, McCutcheon ends up getting a hit of his own. And he speaks to the fact of how, you know, that kind of stuff is contagious. Hitting is contagious. You have... One guy, did I steal what you were about to say? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but that's great minds think alike. It's true. Um, But, and we've talked about it on this podcast before hitting is contagious. Um, You, you, one guy gets going, another guy gets going, and all of a sudden everyone kind of just, you know, has that more comfortable feeling inside and just starts heating up a little bit at the plate. So it always, it's got to start with one. And um, hopefully that can be what kind of gets them going. Last night, You know, not quite as many runs, but they end up breaking through late and still pulling out a nice win. So, you know, day game today and uh, we'll see what happens. Just got to keep it going so that once we actually do get into some of these tougher games as we get into the May schedule, um, we'll hopefully have the offense kind of hitting its stride uh, right when it needs to. Because, you know, we all know we've seen it. It's it's been down. Offense has been down in baseball in general. Um, but more, a little bit more so for the Brewers. So, you know, plenty of time still. Yeah. Time to get heated up now.
0: Yeah. Does it surprise anyone that Willie Adamas would be the one to get the party started? Right. Um. Get he gets the offense rolling. He gets the party started. And you know, it inspires um, McCutcheon to get a hit and, and all these other things. I mean, that that's what having an energetic player like Willie Adams uh, does for your team, and what makes that trade. Uh, getting him so great um, and ju- just what he's been able to do um, in that clubhouse and that dugout uh, for this team. And, yeah, hitting is absolutely contagious. You get one guy going, then other guys will get going, get in the groove. Um, you know, for the first couple of weeks, pretty much no one was going. Um, so that's where it was just kind of super frustrating for everyone. But now you got one going that can start and spread to two and then three and then four and and just kind of keep it rolling. So it would be That'd be very nice to see, especially considering all the complaints that I see in our mentions on reviewing the brew about the yeah. offense and how horrible it is and how they need to all get going. And then it's like, hey, we finally got some success. And, you know, they scored 12 runs against the Pirates, um, you know, the other day there during that uh, Willie Adams 7 RBI game. It's like, oh, hey, this is great. This is what a functioning offense looks like. This is good. Like, let's let's keep it up. But uh, yeah. And then the next night it was like a dueling no hitters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm, well, that's it, a uh, just polar extremes here, polar opposites, but it's uh it's getting started, I, I think. And I think Adamus is one to really kind of get things going and you know, soon after we're gonna see a bunch of others follow. Um and it's gonna be it's gonna be smooth sailing from the off for the offense after that, hopefully. Yeah, what is it, by the way, about bullpen games that just does not jive
1: with? I the don't Brewers? know, man. Like, it, I'm I'm not crazy to think of this. I feel like over the last few years, that's for whatever reason. And the Brewers have had seasons where they beat up on bullpens. Like, as soon as they get past a starter, like it's open season for the hitters. Yet, for whatever reason, it just feels like that specific, like a team plans to have either an opener or a bullpen game the constant switch up of pitchers just does not sit well with the brewers and unfortunately there's no way to look this up like because like you can't just look up games where the starting pitcher only went so and so innings because that could just be because they got beat up like it's not there's no stat for it um but it just i don't know just it it, as my memory serves me it feels like that's been an Achilles heel for the Brewers, and I don't know why.
0: It's so weird. Yeah, but it's not like they weren't hitting the ball hard, though. I mean, they hit. They had like True. five. They had five barrels through the like the first time through the order. Like they were hitting the ball hard in mm-hmm. the air. Nothing was flying though. No. I mean, Adamus probably should have had a home run. Teles should have had a home run. Like a couple others were just hit right on the screws, and they just. Fall into gloves in the outfield, and it was the strangest thing. Like Colton Wong, after his line drive, was just like confused, like how did that, how did that die there? How did that get caught? I mean, that should mm-hmm. have been, that that should have been at least extra bases, but it yeah. was, it was the strangest thing. I don't know if it was the weather, the deadened baseballs, the combination of both. Uh, the Mets and Cardinals got into a huge brawl the other day over these yeah. baseballs. Uh, Chris Bassett was complaining about how the baseballs are terrible and it's causing pitchers to lose control and hit more batters. And, you know, then another batter gets hit and well, now Nolan Arenado got close to getting hit. And then he started a (laughs) whole fight after Pete Alonso got hit in the head the day before and didn't um, start a fight and didn't (laughs) start a fight. So then Nolan Arenado starts a fight and he, he threw the catcher to the side. I mean, mm-hmm. that was just ooh, move out of my way um, and then get going to the pitcher. But the thing that stuck out to me in that video is that the first two guys who reached the, the melee from the dugout were Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these are the two slowest guys in baseball. How slow is everyone <laughs> else on that on that Cardinals team that those two were the first ones to reach the fight? Like, like, what is going on here? It almost
1: makes you wonder with them being veterans, as though they were planning to get there, like they knew it was about to happen and were just more ready than everyone. They else, would be those you know? kinds
0: of guys one right? day, Exactly. Yeah.
1: I just, what a joke. I, I will admit, I, I did. Th- I don't often say nice things about anyone on the Cardinals, but I did think it was funny how after Chris Bassett was complaining in the media about the baseballs. Uh, Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals basically told him, like, maybe just learn to pitch better. It's fine for us. Like yeah. he, he, So I I don't know. I, I kinda thought that was funny. But um and then like yeah, like you said, Pete Alonso gets cracked in the dome, but just you know gets up and goes over to first the game before that. So then uh some players get hit early in the game before Arenado gets Almost hits like that. I, I'm sorry. Like yes, it was up and in. But Oliver Marmol, the uh, Cardinals manager, after the game was talking about how like it, it, you put someone's life in jeopardy or whatever, and of course they're going to react like life in jeopardy. Get out of here. Like that ball <laughs> was never going to hit him. <clears throat> My favorite part of the melee was actually Pete Alonso and how it took three Cardinals to pull him out of there because they were trying to keep him out of the uh, the dust up and it it, it took actually three grown ass men to pull him away and drag him to the ground um that that is a large dude and I guess why they call him uh,
0: the polar bear or yeah whatever yeah, and he was a, I believe one of the uh, guys was the Cardinals coach attacked mm-hmm. him stubby clap uh, yep. Who is one of the all-time best baseball names? Yeah, um, that's definitely a right
1: 1920s name for you, right there.
0: Oh yeah, him and him and Rusty Kuntz of the uh, Kansas City Royals are two of the best baseball names of all time. Agreed. Um, and yeah, I think he, I think he was saying something about how like, oh, if, like someone wants to attack me, it's like you know, if we want to put someone in the hospital, I can put someone in the hospital. Yeah. I'm like what the? It's like things are getting. Very violent between the Mets and the Cardinals, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was that was a good scrap. It, it certainly was. I'm glad the I'd Brewers say. were not involved in it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Although uh, the Cubs may try to start scraps. Yeah, exactly. We did, did just 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 a little
1: bit of a little little bit of talking going in a game earlier yeah. this year. Just just a little discussion, you know. Yeah. That involved Jason Hayward sprinting in from the outfield like a doofus. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Old <laughs> news. Although we're Sprint about sprinting
0: in just like Albert Pujols from the dugout.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also old news. <laughs> literally old news. You remember when Albert Pujols tried to steal third base?
1: I do. It was fantastic. <laughs> Thought he could be sneaky.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, what do you like? I like literally five seconds before that, I just got done saying how he's the slowest player in baseball. Mm-hmm. And then there he is trying to steal third base. I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? They have
1: oh. someone. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Chelsea James because she pulls pulls up a lot of Cardinals stuff, um, but had pulled up the actual sprint speeds of players on the Cardinals. And he's actually the second slowest. Cardinal, yeah, Yachty. surprisingly enough, behind. Yachty which now that you think Of it that way you're like okay I guess that's not all that surprising But then I think like Alex Dickerson I want to say was like Barely above those two in sprint Speed like that is just that is a slow Ass team outside of uh, um, I think Bader Actually has some some speed a little Bit and Edmund possibly Uh, But generally that's Not a that's not a team particularly built For speed it doesn't seem Or maybe no. it's, or maybe just focusing on the old Guys I don't know
0: yeah, maybe. But um, yeah, it's a it's an older group there with those guys. But um, oh, well, so
1: <laughs> I, I just <laughs> so I've got the, the bruise games about to start. And uh, the feed that I had to pull up was the Pirates feed. And Willie Adamas is just kind of uh, hanging out, chatting with some uh uh Pirates players. He, he was just talking to Key Brian Hayes. Daniel Vogelbach, Vogelbach walked over, and Adamas literally leapt up into his arms to give oh him a big God. bear hug. Like, it, oh my! That Willie Adamus is a national treasure, and we must yes. protect him at all costs.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's uh, you gotta love Willie Adamus. He yep. is the best. I remember seeing like there's there's a gif of him and giving a. Big bear hug to Rowdy Teles. Like mm. it only makes sense that he'd do the same with Daniel Volgoback. I mean, those two are just giant teddy bears. Yeah, right. That hit uh, bomb. Miss him too, but yeah. maybe
1: stop doing well against
0: us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he gets hits like you know the other night, and then Ben Gamble brings him around to score, and I'm just like, this is the worst. And yeah, like you know, all of our old friends come coming back to bite us. Mm-hmm. He when uh,
1: had one yesterday that went. Right in, right through the shift, like yeah. it's like, oh you just annoying. Stop it. Yeah. Why would you have to sign with the Pirates? I know. Well, at least it wasn't the Cubs or the Cardinals. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he was originally with the Cubs when it came it's up. Not as a again. Prospect. Yeah. Not now. All that matters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it is time for Brewers baseball, and it is probably time for us to uh, get going. So. Um, be sure to check out the site ReviewingTheBrew.com For all the latest Milwaukee Brewers News and analysis Thank you for listening to the Cold Brew Podcast And be sure to follow both of us on Twitter I am at DGasper24 And Matt is at MKEMat13 And we'll see you next time For another episode of The Cold Brew Podcast